basketball season won't be around forever. So get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Claim your shot by using the promo code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, and assist mean more with a DraftKings daily fantasy lineup. Download the DraftKings app now and use the promo code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN and you get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, this is Getting Bullied. I'm your host, Mark Giannone. Follow me on Twitter at MarkFlagman2Ns. Follow this show at underscore Getting Bullied. And as always, you can get this in every episode of Getting Bullied through the Hockey Podcast Network. They're at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. And just search us anywhere you get your podcasts, and we'll be right there. So today is Monday, the 12th of April, and the trade deadline has come and gone. 3 p.m. it ended. It's roughly 5.15 right now. And, uh, you know, I, I would say, considering where the Flyers not now find themselves in the standings, considering how they've played in the last month and a half, which has been just terrible, uh, another loss yesterday to Buffalo, a game they were leading. They were up 2 nothing, I believe, after the first. Ended up losing in the end, coming off of a win against Boston on Saturday. And, you know, the Flyers, once again, the playoff hopes going into this weekend were very dim. They're all but gone now with the loss to Buffalo last night. So this is a team that a month ago, before March even started, we're saying have to be buyers of the deadline. And then once March happened, it was just and we knew the schedule was going to be grueling because of the, you know, because of the the postponements and everything that they had due to COVID and we knew going into March that it was going to be just hell, and it was, and they were awful. Game in and game out, the Flyers just looked terrible. And it completely, I believe, it completely changed the course of not only this season, obviously, but I believe it changed the course of the franchise going forward. Because what that month showed is the players that are believed to be the core of this team and the players that are believed to be the future of this team simply aren't good enough and there was a lot you know this past offseason there wasn't a lot of action that was done by Chuck Fletcher really I'm assuming and I what I've been assuming all along is they played good not great in the playoffs last year and that's overall obviously they played great in the round robin got the number one seed and then just kind of shit the bed after that once the real thing started against you know they scraped they squeaked by against Montreal I would say and then they went seven against the Islanders but really it wasn't even that close that series so the kind of the thought process that I had go when I was looking at the offseason was just kind of run it back it's a short offseason there's a lot of uncertainty you know uh didn't seem like a lot, you know, it just, just run it back, see what you have, make little tweaks, but they didn't really do that. And the Niskanen retiring threw everything off to bring in Gustafson, who is now gone. And so that brings us all to today, where 
all season it was looking up until like again up until month or March started. All season it really looked like this team should be in position to be buyers of the deadline and make a serious push for the Stanley Cup. Obviously, that's not the case. This team's not even going to make the playoffs this year, which is, I mean, it, it kind of speaks for itself. The team that was the number one seed in the East last year misses the playoffs this year because they just weren't good enough. And Chuck Fletcher didn't do enough in the offseason to make them good enough. I believe the coaching staff, you know, I've questioned a lot of decisions, as as have most by Elaine Vigneault, lineup-wise, and obviously the, the power play and penalty kill have been awful both last season and this season. But really what it boils down to, and I think the realization that the month of March gave all of us is that this, the players just aren't good enough. I mean, we're, we're dating back, the, the real core of this team, we're dating back really to Peter LaViolette. And there's been, you know, LaViolette, there's been Baruby, there's been Haxtall, Scott Gordon, now AV. None of them have been able to take the Flyers to that next level. The Flyers have had no playoff success really in the last 10 years. And you can't, you can no longer say it's coaching. Because in 10 years, you've obviously had more than one coach. But largely, the, the core that this team is built around has remained pretty much the same. And... We see that it's not it's not enough. So a lot of people were expecting huge changes today. And I, I really going into the deadline today, I didn't know what to expect. I kind of thought it was a long shot to make these these great moves like trading a, a, a Konechny or trading a JVR or, you know, people want to see Voracek on. I thought midseason in a season that is so uncertain and you don't know, you know, with with guys having to to quarantine if they're going to from Canada to the U.S. or vice versa and things like that and you know a move like Voracek the Flyers obviously would have to eat money to to get him traded so that, that, again that just doesn't seem like a move that happens mid season so going into this I didn't know what to expect and it looked like a lot of for the most part today that the big talk was Scott Lawton. What do you do with Scott Lawton? Do you trade him? Do you re-sign him? And that was really the only like big rumor that was kind of being talked about dating back to yesterday was, you know, it was all about Scott Lawton. And I'm looking today, and or I believe it was around like 2.30, maybe something like that, uh, like 2, 2.30, somewhere in there, that the Lawton signing got announced. And it was uh, five years 15 million overall, three years or uh, three million a season. And I think from a Flyers perspective, and it sounds like hearing Chuck Fletcher, you know, speak after that, they they obviously have a lot of value in, in Scott Lawton. They value him very highly. And I think that a player like Scott Lawton is a great asset to have on your team. His versatility alone makes him a valuable commodity to the Flyers and really any team in the NHL. I mean, if you're a serious playoff team, which the Flyers are not, but hope to be obviously next season and a team that is hoping to compete for a Stanley cup, then you need a guy like Scott law and, you know, just for injury purposes and just, you know, game in and game out stuff, you know, where you could just put him anywhere in the lineup, you know, as far as, Top line down to the fourth line. You could put him at any position as far as forward goes. So if there's a lineup mid-game in the playoffs, you have a guy that you could just plug in into into that role. If it's a if it's a role that it was 
that is playing above him, if he's on the third line and a second line guy goes down, now you have a guy that who brings some brings some grit. You know, there's obviously some grit to his game. That's one of the best parts about him is that he's not afraid to to mix it up a little bit and and go into the dirty areas and things like that. He's got he's good defensively. He is a good PK guy. And on top of all that, he has some scoring touch. He has, you know, he's had spurts in the past here where he's gone on tears and and had some good scoring streaks and and things like that. So what he gives you is it goes so much deeper than the stat column. What he gives you on the ice in terms of just his presence, in terms of his effort, in terms of his defense, things like that that aren't really, you know, they're not going to show up in the goal column and the assist column and things like that, but are obviously invaluable to a hockey team and one that is trying to still find their identity. Because the Flyers, I'm sure, as we all know by now, are a franchise that are just lost. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they want to be. Uh, you know, they they had this, what they believed to be a young, a newer, younger core of players that was going to take them into the future. And that's not, it's obviously not, you know, the guys like Lindblom and Konechny and Patrick that kind of looked like the next wave of guys that were going to, you know, take the Flyers in the next five, six, seven years. That doesn't look like it's the case anymore. Nolan Patrick has fallen way out of favor with uh, with the fan base. Obviously, he's even you know he's even been not playing in some of the games as of recently, and I think that's deserved. I don't think he's done nearly enough to to warrant regular playing time. The Flyers uh, and Elaine Vino have given him literally every chance this season to to prove himself. They've had him all over the lineup in terms of line placement and. You know, at a certain point, you just have, and he's been out of the lineup. He's been scratched and things like that. At a certain point, you just have to, you know, kind of see that maybe it's not going to work here. And I see a lot of people giving shit to people like me for saying what I'm about to say about Nolan Patrick. And from the time he was drafted here, I never got it. Just the attitude never struck me the right way. Oh, and look, I get it. You know, some athletes just don't, you know, they just don't give a shit about the fans and, and, and all the extracurriculars that go into being a professional athlete. They just want to go, you know, go to practice, go home, do their thing, and then show up for the game and, and, and get after it. And that's fine. I don't, you know, I don't fault people for that. But even his even his demeanor on the ice never struck me as a guy that had, you know, that next level intangible between the ears, so to speak. You know, it always seemed like he was a guy, it just seemed like he was timid off the ice, but also had a timid, you know, a timidness to his game on the ice, which is not conducive for a player that you drafted second overall and are projecting to be one of the next difference makers of your franchise. So I think the, the Flyers have obviously fallen out of favor with him. The fans have fallen out of favor with him. I thought there was a chance he could have gotten moved today. Again, you don't know what's being offered. It's it's not to say that the Flyers weren't willing to trade him or that they weren't trying to trade him. But, you know, if you're Chuck Fletcher and all you're getting calls about Nolan Patrick are for, you know, six, seventh round picks, is that is that really worth it? I don't know. Maybe they don't. Th- maybe the Flyers don't think so. I, you know, at this point, it, it's more to me about just getting him. It's not so much about the return as it is so much just getting him off the team, letting him get a fresh start somewhere else and just kind of eliminate the whole question mark of Nolan Patrick out of, you know, off of the Flyers lineup. 
just make him an afterthought. Make him a non-issue. Make him go somewhere else and let someone else deal with him. I give him full, you know, full marks, full credit for coming back from the migraine thing and being able to play, you know, to this point the whole season without injury issues. That's great. But again, not seeing it from him on the ice. Time for him to go. So the Lawton, like I said, the Lawton move comes or the Lawton signing comes, and I love it. I do, I do like maybe. I'm not thrilled. The money I'm fine with. I'm not thrilled with the years. It's not like he's an old, you know, he's old by any means, but it just, it really feels like that fourth and fifth year uh, could be, you know, could be a time where the flyers are and the flyers and the fans and everything like that are just kind of looking to, you know, what, where, where do we see Scott Lawton, you know, over these next couple of years or those final two years of the contract. But again, if you have a guy like Lawton on your fourth line in the last two years of his deal, making $3 million, it's not, it shouldn't kill them. You know, it's not like he's not the type of player. I think whose, whose set will diminish drastically over five years. I think he brings enough things to the table to where you're going to give, you're going to be able to get value out of him and his contract over the course of five years. You know, he's just look at where he was even five years ago, uh, three years ago. I mean, this is a guy that was on the outside looking in, you know, there was a lot, ton of question marks. Was he even a steady NHL player? And he, really, really reinvented himself in his game and just kind of, you know, took it, you know, worked with what he had and worked on those skills and made them better and made, it really made himself a very valuable asset for the Flyers. And you can't say enough good things. He's obviously a good, you know, a, a good person off the ice. You hear nothing but good things about him, you know, from his teammates and things like that. So he's, he's a good character guy that you want to have around your locker room. And he's a good player that you want to have on the ice for the Flyers. If this is if this is a team that's trying to find their identity, which I believe they are, then I think a guy like Scott Lawton definitely helps them in the right direction towards building the identity of a player like he is. Go back, you know, not don't go back to the like the, the Flyers of the '80s, where it's just you know run people over and you know good luck trying to stop us. But have the Flyers have no edge whatsoever, and. Scott Lawton probably is one of the two or three few guys on this team that had any edge to their game at all. So you need to build around guys like that and mindsets like that. And uh, I, I'm, I'm a fan of the signing. Like I said, five years may be a little too long, but I think that he does enough uh, on the ice to where they should be able to get good value out of that contract over five years. The Gustafson trade, this is like, uh, this is like one of the biggest biggest examples of, of uh, malpractice by a general manager, maybe ever, ever could be strong, but I hear Eric Gustafson comes in kind of as like an emergency signing when Matt Niskanen retired out of nowhere and the Flyers were just looking for, I guess, a body. They knew they weren't going to replace the skill set and, you know, the style of play of Niskanen on that short of notice, you know, in, in an offseason like was laid out in front of them. So you just go, I, I, I can only assume that they, you know, Niskanen was, was a good puck moving defenseman. So they got a guy that they thought was another, you know, decently good puck moving defenseman. And they went and got Gustafson 
you know, three million dollars, which was probably a huge overpay. Obviously, now they're uh, here. We are a few months later. What, like four or five months later, and he's being traded to Montreal for a seventh round pick next year in 2022. And the Flyers are eating half his contract. I see a lot of people bitching about the Flyers eating half the contract. Like it, fuck. I mean, the guy is on a, he, he's on an expiring deal. He's a free agent at the end of the season, unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. And the deadline, the fucking trade deadline is literally today. So I, I could, I mean, maybe I kind of see it from, you know, Montreal just kind of looks at it. They, they maybe didn't know what they were if they were done yet or not. They needed that little bit of extra wiggle room, whatever. I mean, eating eating a million eating a million five for the next fucking month and a half is nothing compared to some of the other shit the Flyers have to deal with, as, you know, contract wise. So, I just again, <clears throat> I'm all for if a guy is leaving and you you know if a guy's on an expiring deal and you know you're not bringing him back, I am all for just getting. Whatever you can for him. So a seventh round pick, fine. I mean, it's kind of a it it it, it it's a deal that just is what it is. Gustafson never fit here. He he never played well here. You know, the first game of the season, he I believe he had two points on the power play, and it looked like shit. Maybe we found something here for this season, and it quickly, quickly, quickly fizzled out. He just never got it together as a flyer. He was the ire of Flyers fans pretty much the whole time he was here, all season. He was in and out of the lineup. And this, again, this is a guy that they, this was their offseason. This is really the only, this was their major, quote unquote, major offseason move was signing Eric Gustafson. And he, on most nights, couldn't even crack the lineup. And again, just weird line juggling all season from, from AV, you just, you know, not a lot of the moves on the blue line didn't make a lot of sense. And, you know, of course the waving of Gossip Bear a couple weeks ago where they're talking about flexibility and, and cap flexibility and this and that. And they ended up, you know, bringing them back and, and, and putting them back in the lineup and things like that. It's just, there was, been, there's been a lot of question marks all season. The Gus's signing was one of them. And it's just, it came to, it came to a fitting end today just you know a whatever trade at the i think it was like five minutes left of the deal uh, of, of the uh five minutes left till the deadline and that and that move came out and you know it's good to see that i thought that was kind of be it you know i it was good to see Fletcher do anything, kind of right his wrong a little bit and, and get rid of uh, and be able to get anything out of Gustafson. I can't believe he even had seventh round value from a team. But, you know, teams out there are desperate and, you know, a low cost uh, solution to what Montreal believes to be their problem right now. And so best of luck to him. Didn't work here in Philly. Hopefully he never comes back. Can't imagine he will. And that's the end of the Eric Gustafson era, and the next year we'll be bitching about some other defenseman who we don't like. And then after the deadline, I hesitated on recording this episode because I was going to do it right at 3 o'clock, and then, of course, I was like, let me wait. Let me wait till Fletcher speaks. Let me wait till you know, a little bit of time passes after 3 o'clock to see if anything else comes down, and it did. And it was a long time. I mean, yeah, long time, I guess. I I believe Chuck Fletcher said in his press conference that he's, that Raffle's been here something like eight years, which is it's crazy how time flies. And these guys, you know, you don't realize that eight years goes by and, and Michael Raffle's been here. 
but apparently he has. And now he is a Washington Capital Flyers get a fifth round pick for that. And again, it's not really a move you could hate because Raffles another pending free agent. Were they going to bring him back? Probably not. So you get a fifth round pick for a guy who, you know, didn't really fit into your long term plans. And you get you have something to show for it. He's not just going to walk away for nothing. And Michael Raffles another guy that you know probably at times got a lot of hate from the fans. I don't really know, you know, he's not a perfect player by any means, but I think he fit his role well as that fourth line guy, that PK guy. I thought he brought, you know, he's again, if the Flyers are a if the if the top players on the Flyers, if the top 9 on the Flyers are, are playing to the potential that we all thought they had, then a guy you know, a guy like Michael Roffold never gets talked about as being as being a bad player. It's the simple fact that the Flyers, you know, maybe had to lean on their fourth line a little bit more, and they put guys down on that fourth line, like Lindblom was on the fourth line, I believe Patrick was on the fourth line at one point, TK was on the fourth line, a couple of games ago, Farry was on the fourth line. So now that fourth line gets magnified because it's kind of like the, well, this guy's not playing well, put him down there, and then... You know, when you put a guy like Joel Farabee, who's so much better than the other two guys on the fourth line, and, you know, it's going to amplify, you're going to look harder at guys like Michael Roffel, like Nicholas Albe-Kubel, and things like that, and saying, well, maybe they're not that good. Well, in their role, they're fine. When they're asked to play with a guy that's supposed to be on the top line, top two lines, and he's just outplaying the guys that he's with because he's that much better, it makes them look worse, but... A guy like Michael Rothwell on a good team like Washington that has their shit figured out and has, you know, they're able to produce, their top players are able to produce the way that they're supposed to and expected to, then a guy like Michael Rothwell brings a lot of value in that fourth line role, in that PK role, which is really all he's going to be in the NHL. I mean, he's a depth fourth line guy that, you know, he's a strong body. He, he does a lot of good work down low. He like I said, he uses his body well uh, with the puck to kind of shield defenders, and that's obviously a valuable asset to have on the PK when you're trying to waste time with the puck. So let him go. Let him go to a contender. This is the this is a perfect move for a team like Washington, a contender that just added a depth move that you know maybe he's not in the lineup all the time in Washington, but he just gives them another option and it gives him a chance to win a fucking Stanley Cup. Because Lord knows he's not going to do it here. So, and again, I know fan, like everybody gets sentimental after guys leave. People, you know, it's not like, I don't believe Raffle was, you know, universally hated with the Flyers. But I also don't think that he was an overwhelming fan favorite. And now I, I fucking know, as God, you know, as, as sure as the sky is blue, except for right now it's gray, but normally the sky's supposed to be blue. As sure as the sky is blue, fucking everyone's going to jump on this bandwagon to support Michael Roffel with the Capitals and hope he wins a Stanley Cup. Like, give me a fucking break on that. Just, just pump the brakes already on that. Anybody that's thinking, like, now all of a sudden there's going to be, like, this huge, overwhelming, like, outpouring of love for Michael Roffel when he was here for eight years and probably... and was probably underrated in what he was doing, got overlooked a lot. People probably shit on him more than they praised him for the good things he did. But now that, you know, the, the sentimental Flyers fan is going to be like, oh, I want the Capitals to win because Michael Roffel deserves one. 
I don't know how much he deserves one. We fucking deserve one. Tired of rooting for other players to go elsewhere and win. I deserve a Stanley Cup. You deserve a Stanley Cup. The Flyers deserve a Stanley Cup. So if Raffle goes, I don't want fucking, uh, Michael, I don't want Raffle to win a Stanley Cup now just because he's with the Capitals. I don't want the Capitals to win another one. He's with a division rival. The last thing I want to see is the Washington Capitals win another Stanley Cup before the Flyers get one. I don't care who's on that team. I don't care, you know, Raffle's on that team. Every, you know, a lot of respect for Alex Ovechkin. He had, he's got his. Don't really care if he gets another one. Didn't care that he got the first one. Not my team, not my player, not my problem. Don't care. I don't I don't live in the sentimental world where a guy leaves and now we're not that we're supposed to, but people want to jump on this wagon like they fucking rode they were ride or die for him the whole time he was here when really it's not the case, especially in the case of Michael Roffel. All the best to him. Good luck in Washington. I hope you don't win a Stanley Cup. I don't want the Capitals to win a Stanley Cup. I'm sorry. I like the move by Fly- I like the move by the Flyers. You weren't going to get anything from Michael Roffel. A fifth-round pick for a guy like Michael Roffel, you'll fucking do that all day, every day, twice on Sunday. So, as far as deadlines go, look, what we were expecting going into the season, this was as disappointing a trade deadline as probably we've had in 10 years. Because we weren't supposed to be in this position April 12th. We were supposed to be, uh, you know month ago, we're looking at me and Dan Silver on here looking at uh, Matias Ekholm and, and, and Philip Forsberg, you know, bringing them both in. What what would the Flyers have to give up to make a deal like that happen? I mean, that seems like a year ago we were talking about that, but really it was only a month ago, three weeks ago, something like that. And here we are now. We're just we're just happy. We're just thrilled to get a fifth round pick from Michael Roffel and a seventh round pick for Eric Gustafson. That's where the Flyers have gotten to. And all this sets up for, you know, say what you want. I, maybe there weren't, I'm not in the room. Maybe there were just the deals that the Flyers wanted to make. Maybe they just weren't there. Maybe they weren't getting the value that they believe. And hopefully if they if they are overvaluing players, hopefully today brings them down to earth on a lot of those guys. And, you know, re you know resets their expectations of what they can get for some of these guys in the offseason. Because this is the biggest offseason the Flyers have had in 15 years. 10. 15 is a stretch. Since 2012, this is the biggest this is the biggest offseason the Flyers have had because they have to completely reshape not only the lineup, not only the roster. They have to completely reshape the mindset and the mentality and the culture of this franchise because this once proud franchise that wouldn't stand for losing to games, losing three games to the worst team in the NHL's history, like the Sabres, wouldn't stand for that. Moves, if this was 10 years ago, fuck, if this was even eight years ago, you're losing games like that, and in the fashion that they've lost some of those games in March, you know, the the big, the blowout losses to Buffalo, the blowout losses to the Rangers, if this ha- if that happened under any other regime, changes would have been made after those losses, and things just have been, you don't hear any, you don't, you haven't heard much from the front office, Chuck Fletcher spoke today, he spoke one other time a few weeks ago, but, I mean, the Flyers have been in a fucking free fall for like a month and a half now, and you're you're not getting any sign of frustration from anybody of any importance with the Flyers organization. It's just kind of like, well, 
well, what do you want us to do? That's that's the thought. That's the feeling I get from the Flyers. They're just looking like, well, what the fuck you want us to do? Team's not good enough. Eh, well, that's it. That's not it. So I expect it, and, and I'm sure a lot of people out there, as you as well, you should expect a huge, huge off season from the Flyers. I can't say that all the moves are going to be great, and they're probably it's probably going to be a really contentious place on Flyers Twitter this summer as it usually is, but this season, this offseason in particular, because names are about to get moved. Fan favorite names are about to get moved. And people are not going to take well to that. And that's fine. Fuck you if you don't take well to it. Because if you think, if if, if losing a guy like Travis Konechny or Voracek or Lindblom or Patrick or Gossespierre, if that, if that shakes you up that much and it pisses you off that much, uh, at the Flyers, then fucking don't watch. Because if you think, if you're enjoying what you're seeing out of those guys this year, if you're thinking that what they bring to the, what they've brought to the table and what they've shown now over the last, you know, two and a half, three seasons of them getting uh, regular playing time, if you think that that has, if you think that what you've seen is enough to get the Flyers to the next level, then I'm sorry, you're just mistaken and you're wrong. Those players are, you know, they're not necessarily bad players, but they may not be the cornerstone players that we thought they were and the Flyers may have thought they were. So it's a big offseason ahead. I'm not I'm not heartbroken with today. I didn't expect much. Um I tweeted out on Getting Bullies account that it's status quo status quo for the Flyers and it's not good. Not good at all. That's not necessarily saying that I expected them or thought that they were going to do more at the deadline. It's just, you know, here we are, another trade deadline, just looking at, you know, minimal moves for future draft picks and nothing that's going to help the team in the immediate future, whether it be this season or even next season. None of those, like fucking a fifth round pick and a seventh round pick, obviously the seventh round pick. The only move that helps the Flyers next season is the Scott Lawton move that, but that's, I'm, it's not like I I never really thought they weren't going to sign him at some point anyway. So it's just it's just a disappointing day overall, not because of the moves that were made or were not made, but it's just a disappointing day overall because the Flyers once again are on the outside looking into the playoff picture and once again just, you know, trying to write a ship that's just been fucking spinning in circles for like six years now. So, I don't have a ton of, I'm not going to lie, I don't have a ton of faith in Chuck Fletcher. So, you know, I'll reserve after this off, you know, the moves that he's made since he's been here to try to bolster this particular roster haven't worked out, obviously. Probably the two best mate, two best moves, trades he made were the, uh, the Niskanen trade and the Braun trade. Braun has played well this year. He's been one of the Flyers' best defensemen, which isn't saying much but it's just the facts. So, I'll, you know, we'll see. Because now he's about to put a real stamp on this team, and he's about to, you know, really break things down, I believe, from where they were uh, over the past two regimes, and he's about to make this Flyers team his own. So we'll we'll see what happens. I, you know, because Chuck tweaking and tinkering with the lineup and the roster that he was given hasn't worked, so now we'll see what he could do when he's, you know, just kind of taking over fully and, and, and making... You know, bringing in, getting rid of guys that were here before him and bringing in his own players that he believes can get the Flyers to the next level. 
So once again, you can follow me on Twitter at MarkFlagman2Ns. You can follow this show at underscore getting bullied. Get this in every episode of Getting Bullied anywhere you get your podcast. Anywhere, anywhere, anywhere through the Hockey Podcast Network there at HockeyPodNet on Twitter. So we'll see what happens uh, in the next couple days as far as how the Flyers play on the ice. Uh, They have Washington tonight. Interesting. Definitely interesting. Uh, Washington tonight, and then they're off till Thursday at Pittsburgh, and then home Saturday against Washington, and we go around and around with this <laughs> with this schedule, and then they're home Sunday uh, against the Islanders. So we'll see. Not easy matchups at all this this week. Wouldn't be a surprise if they go 0-4. Uh, so we'll fucking see. So until I talk to you again, everybody, enjoy your life. And let's go Flyers.